Hello. 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 <laughs> We're Damn the Wolves. I'm Jody. I'm Brett. And I'm Rick. And you're listening to Now That's What I Call Damn Good Music. The podcast. So in this episode, we're talking about a truly era-defining album that had such a significant effect, it totally shifted the musical and cultural landscape, kind of by itself. It killed off hair metal and sparked a global cultural revolution around the world. It brought grunge into the mainstream, and that culture became huge really quickly, uh, with Nirvana capturing the mood of the youth. We are talking about Nevermind by Nirvana. Are this you reading that? You've wow. written all that down? No, I've, I've had it. I saved it in my head. That's oh. amazing. Stored it. Sorry, I've it disrupted good, it, it now. Keep very going. Sorry, yeah. introduction that was, Jamie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for noticing. For a very strong album, obviously. Yes. Released on the 24th of September 1991 on DGC Records, which was a subsidiary of Geffen, uh, Nirvana's first on a major label. Uh, recorded at Sound City, California and Smart Studios, Madison, Wisconsin in May and June of 1991. Uh, where were you guys when you heard anything from this album? You sure you weren't reading that? That no. was quite impressive if you memorised all that. I did. Blimey. Um, sorry, Brett, where were you when you first oh, heard it? I, I think I probably was... I was, in, I was in a band at school at the time, in 91, playing pop rock stuff, and it was kind of probably in my head around then, but not. it, was, it didn't really become big in my my life until a few years after were you were you playing drums in that band or were you playing the fool like you do in this band (laughs) (laughs) yeah so funny i was playing i was playing drums and shortly after i I went i went to spain and played in a country and western bar doing dolly not (laughs) not doing dolly that sounded wrong what's dolly dolly parton that's country and western oh so i was very escaped from this kind of genre of music at that age when I was, and I, well, you you went to Spain when you were in school and played Dolly Parton songs. No, I was in school. I left school, then went to Spain. All around this early nineties, so a lot of this sort of stuff I I, I kind of missed out on until I came back in like ninety three, ninety four, and then discovered these these great songs and albums. So I, it was probably ninety three before it, it really became part of my my life. I would say, and Rick. I'm sorry, I, I'm Dolly Parton in Spain. And was Nirvana not big in Spain? <laughs> I'm not sure how we shifted from Nirvana to Dolly that Parton in such a quick time. time. That's my head for you. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I'm completely gone. I can't remember. Um, uh, probably I can remember the video. I remember the song and the video, and it just I, you don't remember, do you, with these songs? They're just fabrics. So you don't remember when you first heard them, but it, I remember it being a yeah, massive the, the thing. The video we, we were saying before when we had heavy rotation on MTV. Um, I obviously don't remember remember that because I wasn't born yet. But (laughs) when were you born? Ninety-two. No way. (laughs) Were you? (laughs) Hang on a minute. That's not right. (laughs) You've run out of fingers, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) So this album was produced by Butch Fig and mixed by Andy Wallace. Um, And I did. I did read that Butch did the first mix of this album, but neither him or the band were happy with how it sounded. So they brought Andy Wallace in. Can I talk about Andy Wallace for a while? You can in a minute. Oh. Uh, um, no, go on. Go for it. What have you got to say about no, Andy no, Wallace? No, it's obviously going to be boring, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know why? I know why Kurt Cobain wanted Andy Wallace to mix it. Why is that? Because um, Andy Wallace had mixed Slayer's albums. Yeah, that's, that's right. that's why he wanted that aggression and that, that sound. But they shortly afterwards, uh, Kurt Cobain was, was known to kind of diss the mix, wasn't he? Um, he, he was like that in about the press. a lot of things, wasn't he? But especially yeah. this album. I think he was he was quoted as saying it sounded more like Motley Crue than a punk rock record. 
So how many copies do you reckon this has sold? Mm, I don't know. I'm getting a lot because it's the oh, 40 million. Brett? 50 million. No, it's 30 million. You're oh. both, both shot too high. That's not that big, was it? It is one of the biggest <laughs> selling albums of all time. What is the biggest selling album of all time and how many units is that? Thriller. We should look this up so we come up with better should. answers, shouldn't we? We, we should. Um, this was number one album of the 90s voted by Rolling Stone magazine. And it was also voted number six in the top 500 albums of all time. Wow. Thriller sold 70 million copies. Has it? Yeah. I was right looking that up. I've got Google now, so look I out. I was right. Get on. It's rare, isn't it? No, you said it is rare. You said you're 40 right. million. I said Thriller. When you said, what's the biggest album of all time? Oh, I'm not sure it's the biggest album of all time. I, I think just it is. sold 70. All right. I'll look that up now. <laughs> I've got Google. This is going to be anyone listening is just going to be us Googling things. And now I can do this. Right. Let's get stuck into this, shall we? Yes. Track one smells like teen spirit. Tune. Sorry, I'm still Googling what the biggest selling album of all time is. <laughs> this is Ooh, one of those songs that, it, that when you hear the first four seconds, you just know. It's just something about that this sound, isn't it? The guitar, yeah. the riff, the everything yeah. about the first and the clean that, guitar, yeah. that big, big drum fill. It is thriller. Just... Brett's right. <clears throat> sorry. You're right, Brett. Thank thriller. You. Right, sorry, carry on. Big guitar, clean guitar. I think that I think the, the, the drum fill when it comes in, any anyone that plays drums who doesn't like Dave Grohl is just on a different planet because I think he defines what every kid at that time and even now want to aspire to be it's just something very um infectious about how he delivers his art on a, on a drum kit and from the very first beat of this song i think it, um it's absolutely stunning i think his playing throughout this album is simple but really really effective isn't it and the sound as well the sounds that they got back then you know and the the drums the drum sounds are just incredible they they really are yeah 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 it's there's nothing sounds processed or or overproduced it's just all all the instruments i think from the from the outset is just very simple but just infectious production. Yeah. i think this song for me sets up the sound of the album um and that kind of familiar feel of the the quiet and loud um kind of vibe that a lot of these songs have the but, quiet verses and then the really loud choruses but even the quiet verses when dave Grohl plays quiet verses he's not playing them quietly he's he's still attacking them but it's very very clever how he manages to is, do that, that. is that just hi-hat dynamic i don't know because it's not there's, there's power you can hear you can i can feel the power in, in the drop verses of this song even though the whole song drops you still got that dave grow strength and power pushing through and i don't know how he does it even now watching him play it's just there's there's no one quite like him in my he eyes. did a um book tour didn't he in the in the recent recent months or recent years uh, for his autobiography where he had a drum kit set up. I yes. don't know whether you, did yeah, you see, see that. It, you? And he would play this song. Yeah. I and it's it. just fantastic. On a book tour, like in bookshops? And yeah, no, it was, it was like in little um, little theatres. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Or, or did you see the one where he, say that. he had a symbol and, and halfway through the, the, the song, the symbol just collapsed and he just carried on playing <laughs> it and still hit the symbol even though it collapsed and just... Oh, oh, it's I, just I thought it was going to be like in Waterstones, like giving it hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he cool gave it hell. He proper gave it hell. But it wasn't in Waterstones. It wasn't in Waterstones, no. no. It was, um, yeah, it's brilliant, but a real iconic track. Yeah, totally. Um, the, the dynamic thing comes from the Pixies, doesn't it? Because he was massively, Kurt Cobain was massively into the Pixies. Pixies yeah. And that kind of soft verse, loud 
chorus dynamic thing. He 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 famously said, and he wanted this to be like a mixture of the Pixies playing Bay City Rollers songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which you can kind of hear. That's what's going on. Yeah, and um, from, from the outset, Kurt Cobain's voice as well, especially yeah. like yeah, his his voice in the verses of this are just and his phrasing as well in the verses are is really cool. Mm-hmm. And and the a denial bit especially at the end where his voice is just gone and shot, yeah. isn't it? And he's yeah. just hundred percent ripping through his vocal cords. Yeah. That, that I think my favorite, my favorite line in this for his, for his voice tone is the, I find it hard. It's hard to find. Yeah. Is, uh, is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He's very good at doing that as well as the screaming stuff and being, and delivering both well. Yeah. And How did he do that live? And, 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 but you can, I mean, there's tracks on this album. You can hear his voice literally. It goes, isn't just, it? I mean, he's just, just shredding sheer. it, isn't he? But, I think he'd just do that live. It was just... But how you can do that and then go and then sing another song and just... Oh, incredible. Incredible. Um, mm. This is the only song from the album where it's got a writing credit from all three band members. Is that right? Yep. Mm. The story of the song is that um, they, he brought... It's the last one written, isn't it, for the whole album? Yeah. The last one written and recorded. And he brought it to the band, all this idea, and they, they spent an hour and a half solid on it and arranging it and writing it but because the other two had a, more of an involvement than it being a song brought to them they all got a writing credit for this wow mm. just a little yeah interesting fact I there. did read that they sent like um, a tape uh, recording of this to the producer to Butch Vig and um, it was it was basically them in a room playing it and he said he received it and it was just it was so distorted oh, yeah, and yeah, noisy was just clipping but yeah. he could tell there was something just magical about mm-hmm. it yeah. you know, how good it was going to be yeah, yeah. Well, what's your, I've got a question for you with mm-hmm. this. We usually do it about the um, the album, but what's your favourite moment in this song? Because I've got one. Oh, I do have one. You, but what's yours? You Go shoot on. first. Well, I, it's only uh, when I re-listened to it and I knew we were doing this, I thought I'll listen to it because it's one of those songs that I, I thought I know inside out. I thought I'm going to try and find something I haven't heard before in this song. And my favourite thing that I haven't heard before is the feedback note on the guitar after the guitar solo. As it fades through that last verse, the third verse, it's it's just got so many cool overtones that I've never noticed before that it just sounds really eerie just before it fades out. Yeah, because there's a lot of space, isn't there? Because there's no other... It's, it's just, just drums, that bass and, and drum bass. groove. But listen, next time you hear the song, listen to the feedback on the guitar as it yeah. fades through that third verse. It's cool. Do you have a favourite moment, Brett, from this one? I, I, I love the solo. I love the fact that the guitar solo just mimics the melody. And it's, it's but it, what's really cool is it mimics the verse melody over the chorus yes. uh, pattern. Yeah. No, it's definitely really cool. Well, yeah. the chords really are cool. the same throughout the whole song, aren't they? The guitar, yeah, but the, the, it's got the, the the same feel, you know. Yeah, yeah. The um, what he does is really cool with the those sort of um couple of notes in the verse that then speed up in the pre-chorus in the yeah. hello, hello, hello section that then happen on every beat. Make yeah. the make the underlying chords sound different. You notice that? I did, I, I, you would have noticed this, Brett. But and Dave Grohl's drum pattern changes throughout that hello section as well yeah mm, that yep. the kick drum increases the last two repeats that's, that's correct i love it um my one of my favorite moments in this song is the way the high he opens the hi-hat going into that section yeah yep. the just the last yeah is just brilliant it's so simple but you know he's going to change or the feel is going to change yeah yeah but what a great study in dynamics from it's basically the same i know that the guitar unison vocal bit at the end of the the tail of the chorus is different but the rest of it is those four bars loop, two bars looped, isn't it? Yeah. Two bars of harmony loop that's just an exercise in dynamics and delivery and yeah. melody. Yeah. Brilliant. It's uh, yeah, a truly iconic song. Track two, In Bloom. 
This this one's my favourite air drumming song. I know those fills, <laughs> isn't yeah, it? And the, the intro fills are brilliant. Just and the and the sounds as well. Just going back to the sounds again, and and his delivery is just every every note is just delivered the way that you want to hear it. Yeah, and, and again, this continues the the loud loud intro. Yeah, breakdown verse, loud chorus. Yeah, breakdown verse. Yeah, it's, um, I love this song. I do, and uh, what I really love, I'm going to be a music geek, music theory geek. Is the harmony in this? Do you know? You, have you played this, Jody? You must know the. No, not played and strummed along I'm with not, this. I'm not done. No, it's um, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant example. Now I sound really geeky. Um, non-functional harmony, where the chords are really, really distantly related to each other, and, it, and normally where you'd have like a major, minor chord, whatever, he'll turn them all into major chords, and it has that's really the sound of grunge harmony. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure he can credit you know, be credited with creating that. Certainly the Pixies were doing something similar and you can hear it back in classical music and in jazz, Wayne Shorter, Herbie Hancock and stuff did this. But it's that that kind of just unusual harmony where it just sounds different without being jarring. Yeah. Mm. And it's, I can, can I tell you my favourite music theory term that's used in this? You're both asleep, aren't you? We're getting there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll tell you this and then you can just nod off completely. The chord sequence is a chromatic mediant sequence. Mm. Mm. Like to know what that means? No, thought not. Right, uh, it's it's good how we both did an un- understanding. Mm. Mm, there, that's it, enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a full stop. Mm. <laughs> how much do you love? The, anyway, um, how much do you love the the first verse, Joe, with the, the bass and bass and drums? Yeah, I love it. Sound. Yeah, I love it. I, the bass sounds throughout this album is really good. Yeah, apart from the moments when he's obviously got you know the big fuzz pedal. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a great bass sound. I think it's he plays a Gibson bass, doesn't he, Rick? Um, certainly, yeah. So that's the image in my head of him playing. Is, yeah, I don't know what was actually re- he recorded this on. Probably a P bass into an Ampeg. Well, poss- possibly, but yeah, <laughs> I we know decided he's... that's what every album's recorded yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. I was interested to hear what you guys thought of the guitar solo and what inspired it in this song because it's so out there, isn't it? It's the, just, the guitar solo is, is just noise. Is, is a great the fr- his phrasing in it is brilliant. I, I want I want to know what's going what he's what his head is doing to to want to play like that you know it's, it's, it's just, to just avoid the obvious which is what makes so. smells like teen spirit more interesting in that he's playing the it's an unusual thing to be that melodic with it mm. it's just making a noise isn't it it's making a statement with noise and and yeah yeah it's really cool it's um i love the snare roll into the choruses as well yeah. we've oh, talked before yeah. brett l- l- yeah. in length about you know snare rolls into choruses and and it interests is, is me. it important or is it exactly is it cheesy or what it is but you know i think anything dave Grohl dave Grohl does is uh is cool so what i've loved about listening to this album recently is that a, a lot of our stuff has that kind of thing and you start questioning oh is it too much of it is do you over and then you go back and you hear dave Grohl doing it like 30 years ago and no you know it, that validates it, it. It, it to me it <laughs> yeah. does it does yeah. it's like an inspiring genius that's a, that has inspired so many people and it's and, the it's almost the perfect setup for a chorus isn't it and it's a double chorus as well to start with, which is really different, different. isn't it? And the BV's cool when it comes in halfway yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's an unusual arrangement that, to do that double chorus, that, especially the first time round, I, th- I always think yeah. every time I hear it. Do you like the chord changes? Have you noticed that below that snare roll going into the chorus? Yeah. The way the chords shift, it goes up, doesn't it? Yep. Mm. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm. I've only noticed that recently. Yes. Um, have you got any thoughts about what this might be about, Rick? No. I don't know if I have. I, do I have any thoughts? 
I don't have a lot of thoughts about anything, to be honest. What do you think it's about? You're saying that like you well, have an no, idea. No, it's only because it's something that I read and I kind of, you know, then you listen back to it with that in mind and then think, oh, yeah, maybe. But it's, you know, it's difficult because everything you read is oh, kind of hearsay, isn't it? And it's you're not sure where. Do you know, to be honest, I couldn't get the lyrics in my head. It's the um, likes our pretty songs and likes to sing along and shoot yeah, yeah, which, yeah, yeah, which is allegedly Kurt having a dig at fans who, who started following the band after Bleach. Or, or music press, I've I've read that as well. That that say, oh no, I'm really into them. They're really cool and all of that. Yeah, just, yeah, but it is. I mean, it's an ultra melodic song, isn't it? And yeah, the, of course, the, the irony with that is that he says that um, likes to sing along and likes all our pretty songs, but the melody is really, 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 it's not really pretty. But it's a really cool melodic. melodic, yeah, melody. So there's there's an irony in that. And do you know, or do we think Dave Grohl is doing the backing vocals on this? I, I, I you know what I thought that because it. It's definitely not Kurt Cobain, is it? I, don't I, know. I I think I've read somewhere in the you know in my years of reading Krang magazine and <laughs> and the and the likes <laughs> that Dave Grohl did do the backing singing on it, mm. and that he uh, Butch Vig had to almost coax it out of him. I know um, he did it live, but I'm not. I wasn't sure he recorded it. Yeah, it does definitely sound like a different voice to me. Mm. Track three, "Come as You Are." How many times have you had to teach this riff, Rick, in, in guitar lessons? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a few million times too many, perhaps. <laughs> yes. It's a pretty iconic riff, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is, but it's also you know you know they didn't want to release this. You you must have read that or seen yeah, that because it sounds like a Pixies song, doesn't it? No, 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 no. It's Killing Jokes, Killing Jokes, that's right. The eighties, eighties. Yeah. It's actually because I thought oh, I haven't heard that Killing Jokes song in forever, so I listened to that again this week. To think how similar is it, and it. It's very, very similar. Even the sound. Is it? It's the same key as well. And it's drop detuned, like the same tuning. Do you want me to drop? No, you don't do. Drop drop my guitar and play it? No. Cool. Um, drop your guitar and move on. <laughs> it's almost identical. <laughs> <laughs> You're still awake then, Brett. <laughs> yeah. I woke him up when he <laughs> put the guitar down. Oh, I'm up. I'm back. I'm back. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's almost exactly the same. Bless them. Or bless Kurt. But it's... Um, it just hasn't got that chromatic pass in there. So he yet. was right to be nervous about releasing it then because... If you listen to him. So, I mean, the songs are totally different and we all take inspiration from things, obviously. But um, yeah, it's, it's a very, I'll, I'll, very I'll similar. dig that out and have a listen. Yeah, yeah. You can understand why he had so much anxiety about releasing something so commercial like the sound of this song when he was so diverse the other way, you know? It must have been quite a thing to... This, this was a very different sounding album like on the whole, wasn't it? from what they've done in the past yeah, from yeah, Bleach yeah. you know mm. it, was, it was very commercial not just sounding the, not just the production it was just more melodic overall wasn't it and yeah more yeah I, I loved the um, I read some of the the ethos behind the songs was to make them almost like children's songs so yeah. they were as simple as possible I th- I've read that that's in, I think that's in Dave Grohl's book isn't it yes where yeah. he said the, the, the running theme was like um, all the yeah and they actually put the songs Slither out um in advance of this coming out, didn't they? It's like a stepping stone between the two albums, which which is painfully simple but painfully effective. You know, it's a great yeah. song. Mm. Yeah. But Kurt wanted to do something before this album came out to kind of bridge the get, gap. Yeah, bridge the gap and get the fans ready for it. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So that's come as you are. Track four, breed. Yes. What, yes. What's what's going on in the intro there? That's a hell of a fuzz, isn't, isn't it? It's great. It's a hell of a fuzz. It, you a, can hear it breaking in on itself, can't you? Yeah, it's collapsing. That's proper fuzz. Isn't collapsing. It? Collapsing fuzz. That might be my new favorite phrase. It, it, it's one know. of my favorite intros on this album. Yeah. I, I think it's brilliant. The bass, the, the guitar, is proper, the way the, the drums, bass the is bass. filthy as well when it comes the, in. The, the bass that, is that filthy. Drum yeah. fill again, isn't it? It's just, 
Reminds me a bit of Foo's, you know, it's a bit of Foo Fires about this intro. A bit wasting light, the intro to that album. I don't know whether there is a something in my head going on there. Yeah, I think a, when you listen big, listen to Nirvana, there's a lot that Dave Grohl carries through into ob- Foo Fighters, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah, totally. But just again, it's just that simple idea, isn't it? Big, big feels, big, just simple production. Oh, his drumming on this song's awesome overall oh, as well. It's just, you can just feel the, that power. And another big melodic chorus. Yeah. Really melodic chorus. That yeah, yeah. I I love the chord changes in this chorus as well, and the movement yep. of the chords just works really well. Yeah, Brett, it, how cool is the? Sorry, Rick. That's all right. How cool is the tom roll into the chorus? Yeah, we're talking about snare rolls into choruses, but in this one you get the on the toms, which yep. which works really well. As you know, it's great. Sounds yep. cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you play that or sing that <laughs> oh, <brilliant. laughs> sorry Rick I interrupted you I don't know what I was I think I was actually going to try and work out the course of the chorus so you probably saved me doing it oh okay um, <laughs> yeah um, well, I was going to say the, the solo again can you hear I mean talk about influence and where this went um, If the same as um, what we're saying about um, in Bloom earlier the guitar sounds are what Brett was saying about guitar you can hear that so much in like Johnny Greenwood's playing in Radiohead can't you that is where it i'm not sure that's exactly where it came from but it sounds to me so reminiscent of that mm-hmm. you hear it in soundgarden too alice in chains that yeah and i can hear it in this it's interesting with an album that's this iconic or that you think you know and then going back and think right okay we're going to talk about it, so i have a listen to it again listen through the album and then hearing the influence it's had on other albums you've listened to loads since yeah and thinking blimey this predates that it predates that it predates oh there's this there's so much listening back to this album that you just think, oh, that sounds like so-and-so. That sounds like, you know, but every, even, everything it, that followed was so heavily influenced Not by just it, in it? the songwriting and the dynamics and the sound, but things like the guitar solos, which yeah. you, you wouldn't necessarily think of. But I can certainly hear that in Johnny Greenwood in Radiohead. Uh, how would you rate Kurt Cobain as a guitar player? I mean, he's... Um, oh, he's amazing. But far better than he made out. And Yeah, that's why I always and... felt that he was he had he had so much more than, than he put out. Yeah, which is... What, uh, ideally what anybody wants to be able to do isn't it well well yes and no i mean i'm the opposite <laughs> you you know when you listen to uh certainly in the world of hair metal that came before it it was it was all about playing as quick as you could and no so this is about know, attitude and and delivering the song in as economic and simple way as possible yeah but, i think he had a lot of stuff going on in it you know that he had to process in in his head and i think he, he delivered that through what he made the guitar sound like on so much of this stuff I think yeah yeah you can hear the guitar it. sounds in this album are really interesting as well because it's there's a small palette of stuff but it's so effective and it we talked about this the other day how it it gives the album a sound so the chorus sound on the guitar that's the famous small clone pedal that he used and that's in come as you are that's in the solo to smells like teen spirit the verses of smells like teen spirit mm-hmm. so he uses that on clean sounds in the quieter bits and then it's used again like on you know the guitar solos some of the intros and stuff, it's really, really cool. Do you know where his main guitar sound came from? What gear he was using? It was a 1965 Fender Jaguar, I reckon. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was a Fender Jaguar, but I, I wasn't. <laughs> I did look that up because I wanted to, to, some of the sounds were so, um, were so unique that I wanted, I did want to find well, out. I what don't think used. it's about the guitar. I don't, th- I think the guitar was, um, was a Strat with a JB, yeah, Seymour Duncan in the bridge position, mm-hmm. which he put in all of his, a lot of his guitars. What was he running that through? That's that's what I thought was cool. It's through a Mesa Boogie preamp, which is a very 80s kind of thing, into a separate power amp, and then a Marshall 412s, which is okay. 
but he didn't use the Mesa Boogie for the drive. It was just set on a clean sound. And then he'd use a Boss DS1 dis- famous distortion really, pedal. Distortion pedal for the distortion. Which is a, you know, ubiquitous kind of, I don't know how much it is. In, I nearly did it in dollars and I have no idea. But it's <laughs> sort of 30, 40, actually I'm out of touch, maybe 50, 60 pound pedal that's just, I mean, everyone's had one or played one or owned one. Usually as a, when you're learning as a kid, it's like your first distortion pedal. And that's where his sound comes from, that into basically a clean preamp. That's amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the small clone as well for the chorus sounds. So it's really simple gear that's iconic and has has a small palette of sounds that's used throughout the whole album. I really like that. It's very effective. I, I, I know he was very reluctant to do lots of guitar tracks on this, wasn't he? There was a lot of, you know, Butch Vig pushing him to do but they are layered double tracking and layering but yeah. but he was really reluctant you know he really didn't want that he wanted to keep that kind of punk i guess it's things know, like feel. that and and obviously the double track vocals another sound to this that's um yeah famously talked into because of john lennon yeah that's right that's how he yeah got him into it but it's um it's yeah it is um yeah it's really cool just having those small palette of sounds i always think doing that Really yeah. Cool. So, so why do you need so many pedals then? Because <laughs> well, I'm not Kurt Cobain. <laughs> if I was Kurt Cobain, I wouldn't have to spend so much money buying things oh. to try and make me seem better than I am. That's brilliant, sir. Okay, track five, Lithium. Um, I love the guitar tone on the intro, which I now know what that is. Um, again, this is this is the classic quiet, loud dynamic that we've heard, you know, before. Yeah. Um, do you remember playing this in a school band? Yeah. Do you know I was going to mention that? <laughs> I was going to mention that because I. How the hell did I sing it? <laughs> <laughs> I can remember you singing this. Yeah. I mean, like I, age thirteen I could, or something. Do it now. 12, 13. Be, yeah. Blow my voice right out within like one breath. Um, you peaked too soon, didn't you? I probably did. It's a story. <laughs> story of my life. Um, and mine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <God>. He. Um, <laughs> He, um, I do believe I, re- I read somewhere, heard somewhere that he, on his first um, sort of crack at, at tracking the vocal to this, that he did blow his voice out doing those years. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's such an intense kind mm. of amount of power he's putting into that. It's, it's and what it a great, great chorus! Just the word "yeah," yeah, it's perfect. Uh, and just... and the B, the B part of that chorus as well, or, or bridge if you want, yeah. it, but it does come back, doesn't it? Is um, just works really, really well. What um. It's interesting, again, it's like, Smells Like Teen Spirit, it's the same chord sequence in the verse and the chorus, isn't it? Yeah. So using dynamics, melody, delivery to just, yeah, to sound The, the bass really, so um, is really, really cool in this song as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's amazing, isn't yeah, it? That, the, that moving bass part. Is it the second the verse? verse where he, and the bridge, the bridge bass part's really cool. Yeah, it's it? really cool. He's not just following the changes, is he? He's, re- he's really kind of but I, making yeah, that detail. This, if you focus on the bass in that bit, you can almost picture... Um, picture him i was gonna say his name then and i thought can Chris. I pronounce his surname it's nova yeah, yeah that's why i paused because it's like is it Selleck, nova Selleck? It's, i've realized that it's one of those words you read a lot and don't, don't ever say. say that's exactly what went through my head yeah. then when i panicked i was like oh no i don't know if i can say it's like reading name. a book isn't it and you get characters in it and yeah. you're, suddenly, you're trying to tell someone the story but you realize that you've never said their name aloud yeah and it's like no and it's just john yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh juan <laughs> Um, I, um, sorry, I was gonna, gonna say about the, the guitar sound, the way that the the guitar goes from the verse to the chorus, and it sounds like he's rolling the volume knob. Yeah, um, which has got that real live kind of feel about it, which I, I, sounds great. Yeah, I don't know if it is him doing that or whether that's automated in the mix, but either way, it's it's cool. Whatever yeah. he's doing, um, yeah, really cool. I got a drum question for you, Brett. Yeah, how how do you feel about the ride in the chorus? I, I think it's quite a weird choice. 
I'm not know. saying I don't love it, just it's unusual. In what way? I'd, I'd expect some big because sloppy hi hats or like massive crash symbol going through that. And he's kind of on the. Oh, so he's playing a ride there. It's just unusual. Yeah, maybe. He plays a ride in the verse, though, right? It's a big drop. It's a big drop verse, isn't it? Yeah. So maybe it's just that continuity of keeping it going through. Mm-hmm. But the space, I mean, to go from that real drop down verse and, you know, and almost like tickling it with a rim click and stuff and then getting into that massive, big, big sound of the chorus is a. Uh... And again, lyrically on this, it's something called, obviously, lithium's. Um... I don't, is it? I'm, I'm not. I'm not a doctor, as you know. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's used to treat um, depression or manic depression, isn't it? Or it was. I don't know if it's if it's still it. Well, anyway, so the, I presume that's what the song's about because it's it's that non slightly nonsensical thing that he does, and everything's contrasting, which is really a description of certainly manic depression. Yeah, this that, is for me. That's what I think this is about, and it's it's it's. A, I think this is sort of it's a. It's almost a bit fantasy this song it's a bit made up isn't it but there's the there's the religious connotation of the sunday morning yeah, yeah. is every day for all i care which which kind of suggests that the the character is is um you know have, having a, a religious kind of moment that's suppressing his thoughts of suicide it's uh it's, it's but dark it's the i'm so happy and then they're in my head i'm so ugly because there are you mirrors sunday morning yeah it's it's light and dark, isn't it? Yeah. I'm so lonely. It's okay. Um, blame her. I'm excited. I can't wait to see you there. I'm so horny. That's okay. It's it's that, to me, that's what I've imagined. He's manic depression is what he's singing about there. That, yeah. that light and dark, the, the I complete I, contrast. I, I looked at it as therapy. I thought it was therapy in his way of dealing with, you know, I'm this, but it's okay. So are you. It's like making him try to make himself feel better and deal with it. But maybe. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But I think that's just, that sums up quite well how the lyrics, because a lot of the lyrics, and I don't mean this in a negative way, are nonsensical. But the, there's the language used and the delivery, and it's kind of like even with the name lithium, and then the chorus is just yeah, you know, you know what he means, you know what he feels, or there's so much in that, even if you don't know exactly perhaps what he's getting at, the emotion and the there's so much within that, mm. just by using the word yeah. The title, the word, yeah, the delivery. It's, it's like, the, yeah, the, okay. the, the, the word and the delivery, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. There's there's an intensity which don't, you don't, I don't think you even have to understand the lyrics. You'd get the intensity behind it. So talking of sort of intensity and darkness, moving on to track six, Polly. Um, this is a song that I've always kind of listened to and, and liked the kind of dark mood of the song but never really looked into what it was about oh it's, it's really i know what it's about and it's upsetting yeah I, yeah um i've always i've always struggled with the song because i think i've always known i read years it's, ago what it's, it's about and it's yeah it's it's a dark song yeah. so i don't know whether you know this one brett or not no i don't but i just uh, so it's, it's based on a real life story that he picked kirk bain picked or saw in a, in the local newspaper of a girl that was abducted abducted by a recently paroled rapist um but it's told from the perspective of the rapist, so it's it's very very wow. unsettling. And she um, she but, was she was kidnapped and tortured as well, wasn't she? And then yeah, escaped, it's, but, yeah. It, but you're right, Rick, because it's so, there's something about the song that drew me in the sound of it, that kind of lo-fi but, acoustic kind of yeah, yeah. It was almost that kind of Springsteen Nebraska, you know, kind of sound yeah. about it, which which I love. 
I um, struggle with it because of the subject matter. I find it but, uncomfortable listening but, and to it. And that's right. But it, it drew me in, but it was, it, it made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's why, because, and I, I think it's probably why my ears never really wanted to know what it was about or, or listen to the lyrics deeply because I kind of knew that, but didn't want to know that, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's too unsettling for me to kind of listen to. So it's a true story, yeah. but he wrote it in the perspective of, of the rapist himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a, that's a hard thing to, or quite one dark, to, isn't it? Yeah. But, very. um, Different drummer on it though, Brett, on this the, one. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I read that. And how powerful is it just to just get that kind of that little cymbal crash? That crash just almost. Dude, was that a cymbal crash you did then? Yeah, did it, it? I did it with a finger, but <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I think you've got to change those sticks. Could you hear that? It's brilliant. I totally missed it. <laughs> 19 inches, that bugger as well. Or your finger? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did I went like that. I just caught the edge of it. But yeah, I think that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I don't want to take away from the, the poignance of the song now. No, go on, let's hear some finger symbol again. Can you, can you bang out a solo? Do you, do you think that's how the original drummer... Was it Chad? Uh, Chad Channing? Have I remembered that right? Wasn't he a boxer? No, uh, that was, that was you, Mike now Tyson. Now I've got newfound Google here in front of me. Do you want me to Google it? No. Uh, I've already right. got it here. Um, I was going to say, just, just going back to the kind of lyrics and the heaviness of this song... Uh, Bob Dylan allegedly heard this song and said, that boy's got soul, <laughs> which is just very Bob Dylan. That's a nice quote. It's a nice yeah. type of Bob Dylan quote on the earth. Yeah. Uh, so number seven, Territorial Pissings. This is, I, I love this, it's proper hardcore punk. This is it? punk, the, isn't it? Yeah. But don't you think that the um, the production just sounds yeah. totally different in this? Is It fits it's, it's the almost, album perfectly. It's, but... it's sort of like it's lo-fi being compressed, yes. it's lo-fi yeah. yeah totally but i really like that it's kind of like you know it just it just works but and the insane uh the the fuzz rick on that yeah on that guitar is, is amazing isn't it and kurt's voice in this is just visceral isn't it and it, yeah. you can hear he's pushing it so hard that it's squeaking and at the end the scream at the end yeah it's just breaking and you're getting squeaks out of his uh, i guess it's his yeah he's really vocal giving cords. it everything yeah I, yeah that is awesome the um lyrics do you think Territorial pissings is the kind of um, that kind of thing of um, stating your territory by pissing on it. Yeah, you know about this, Brett. My well, cat does. <laughs> I don't know about you, me. You know, so it's a specialist you, subject for you, yeah, Brett. You, you, you and your cat in the garden. <laughs> that's my tree. No, it's mine. Oh You'd, my lord! That's uh, yeah. Just for the listener, that's uh, Brett does wee. You wee sort of everywhere, <laughs> don't you, Brett? Is that? <laughs> you can say he has territorial pissing yes, that, because we're talking about are you, like, are you sort of doing that like animal like where you're just kind of leaving your scent or is it <laughs> it's just is it bladder it's issues bladder or? issues I think it's just I don't get a lot of notice sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's wherever I am is where I go <laughs> have you seen the um, I'll change the subject a little bit have you seen the um, there's a famous uh, version of this where on the Jonathan Ross show uh, or jo- late night with Jonathan Ross Saturday night with Jonathan Ross which is a english british 90s uh saturday night tv have you seen this no so jonathan ross introduces this is the biggest band at the moment they're playing their song lithium and they come on and play this instead and completely smash everything up at the end the wall of feedback wander off have you not seen this which is which is standard kind of thing and then um jonathan ross has a great line at the end he's like right yeah uh that wasn't the song they're supposed to be doing anyway they they want to make it clear that they are available for children's parties <laughs> brilliant <laughs> just see it as a perfect way to kind of get the way out of that as a talk show host. uh i um i like in this song because obviously it's very very heavy i like the way that the verse the second and third verses break down yeah and you get that kind of relief from the kind of mayhem 
of of the the heaviness of it and that you know the the the, the intensity of it i think that works really well yeah quite a unique guitar sound on this song as well i thought mm-hmm. yeah track eight drain you <laughs> ironic isn't it talking about me and then drain <laughs> <you>. oh no <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of guitar tracks on this song i, li- do, I like the production you feel yeah. that rick yeah 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 i like the groove in this song i love i love the, the this little double snare drum note he pushes through this groove it's, he's kind of almost got quite a lazy feel to this isn't he dave Grohl? yeah um with the drums he's kind of sat back a little bit yeah yeah but it doubles up for the chorus isn't it it's it something that we i've we've nicked done before which just works so well for this mm. song and this was um they always used to this was kind of like oh a staple of their set wasn't it so it was clearly a favorite of kurt cobain's yeah and it, and with it being a bit of a sort of love song do you think that's kind of what he was getting at with his um i i, I read that he read it about his ex-girlfriend basically yes. rollers kind of thing of like yeah love song he kind of geeky love song kind of thing but yeah I, I i read it about that he'd he was proper messed up with his, by his ex-girlfriend and um was his ex-girlfriend the one who read kurt or wrote kurt smells like teen spirit from a deodorant i'm can not sure story. yeah that's that's uh yes that's no she, yeah kurt smells like teen spirit and that's where he got the title from isn't it for yeah for said song yeah the the line one baby one baby to another says i'm lucky to have met you it's now my duty to completely drain you is um yeah make you feel like that's that's someone that's going to mess you up a little bit that, that production of the two voices as well in this which is quite a common theme isn't it the just, double track the double track voices vocal, just yeah. uh yeah do you um did have you heard the kind of thing that how butch fig used to get kurt to do more guitar more takes what the John Lennon yeah, thing? That, no, no, that was for that was for his vocals, vocals wasn't it? Right. Apparently, when when he was doing his guitar tracks, he would he would sort of say, "Oh yeah, yeah, we need to, we need to do that again because it's not you know something something wasn't quite right." Yeah, so, but he was basically just building up takes, <laughs> layering so the guitars, could, by... so he could layer them, but no without way. telling him he was layering them. Brilliant. Yeah. Yes, there we That's go. That's his reluctance, isn't it, to for it to be overproduced or too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can hear lots of bands that sort of followed Nirvana in this song as well. Yeah. You, you guys hear that? Bands like Hole and uh, yeah. the Wild Hearts and all sorts of people that have, you know, just kind of taken this yeah. kind of sound. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Track nine, Lounge Act. Nice nice bass intro in this, Jody. Yes. <laughs> Not yes. enough bass intros. <laughs> no, there's, there's some good bass playing on this record, but this is where you sort of think, oh, there's a bass guitar. Yeah, no, it's nice. I really like it. Yeah. And that the, works yeah. well. The, the bass throughout this song is actually very good. And the vocal melody part. in this is great, isn't it? Oh, they're all great, but... Yeah. Um, I think this is another one that I've read somewhere that this was about the broken relationship with, with his ex-girlfriend. So I think, you know, quite a lot of these songs were inspired by a messy relationship beforehand. I found the sections in this quite interesting guitar-wise. It's, you'd have a, a guitar sound and then it'll go to a totally different sound it, almost like it was an obvious thing it wasn't like one guitar doing you know just different a, a produced thing you mean, yeah, as opposed maybe, to like yeah. stomping on that little small clone pedal it's and interesting you say that because i kind of felt like this song had the most kind of garage rock feel to it really than any other song on the album yeah it, i yeah i can hear loads of the grunge loads of grunge bands in this song that, that, yeah that would yeah the influence going on and the melo- huge melodic chorus again yeah very melodic chorus my my favourite part of this song, going back to you sort of saying how you have little favourite favourite bits of a song, is when Kurt goes up an octave. You know, he's really screaming that second verse out. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's like ripping his throat apart. Mm. 
Genius. Great, great Genius. stuff. Awesome. Track 10, Stay Away. I, I love the snare drum on this. I love the, the tuning of it. It's a real low, low, deep snare intro and it's just got that real power coming through it again the bass and drum intro is wicked yeah, isn't it definitely love that love love it absolutely love it very very dave Grohl, but, but works works very well yeah and it's um very simple but effective chorus again yeah yeah what do you think he's trying to say there <laughs> <laughs> how cool um, is the um is the the outro that that kind of i almost think it's like a little tribute to Rock and roll Led Zeppelin when Grohl just has that freedom of 10 seconds of just going absolutely nuts by himself at the end. This, um, yeah, this, this song, sorry, I, I went on to something else there because I was thinking about the lyrics still. Um, Tinder? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mean I thought about something. Oh. Else. I was thinking about the lyrics. Oh, you're still, on the, the, you're still the on the same. Hand. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> just checking. No. I wasn't boring you with my drumming. No. <laughs> um, no. No. <laughs> No, I've forgotten that again. I think I might be going mental. Um, were you going to talk about what this this song was no, about? I was, what I was the thinking were. about as but I was listening to him. So I heard the word snare drum, and then I was thinking about lyrics, and then yeah, and I've lost that train of thought as well. <laughs> um, I was thinking about he um, apparently he was still writing lyrics as they were recording. They didn't deem, deem the lyrics to be that important. That he and I think I got this from Dave Grohl's book. I think this is where all these things come from, and. Um, that he he said to the the band and everyone at the time, it's all about the songs. It's all about the the melody and the songs and the delivery. The lyrics don't really matter. And I thought this song, I, I kind of, I don't know why. I always think about that when I hear this song for some reason. Yeah, I, this this is um, I read was based on the the local indie kids. Okay. And the monkey see monkey do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of kind of vibe to it. And the, the the line that I really liked was, "I'd rather be dead than cool." Wow. Which yeah, a bit poignant. Bit yeah, poignant, yeah. Very. Um that's a strong line, isn't it? Yeah, it is a strong line. I I have read a lot that he he would literally be just, you know, minutes before a take writing lyrics and just... Well interestingly, moving on to track eleven on a oh, plane. Oh, I haven't finished yet on Stay oh. Away. Oh, oh doesn't matter no, if no, you no, sure? no, 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 yeah, sure? the trailer thought's gone now, isn't it? It's ruined. It's gone. <laughs> well, your trailer thought seems to slip away quite easily, <laughs> but <laughs> Well Brett threw me a little bit by saying Tinder well, we, we know where his came trailer out thought was going as well. Yeah, yeah, we? that's what he said. I hurry up. Um, um, I was going to talk about the unison guitar and vocal bit, like yes. in Smell like, Smells Like Teen Spirit in Stay Away Again. Yes. Reappears. Yes. And I like those little compositional arrangement things that, that are like thematic through an album. So this is in the, nice. in the musical section. Yeah. Because and the, the bass section is, is almost is like a bass kind of like, go on, Chris, have it, you have a go. But it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's I, I love it. Yeah. Go on, son. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, go on. <laughs> go, go on, on, my son. Go on, take the stage. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Track 11, On a Plane. Um, I was going to mention that this was one that I did hear that he literally wrote the lyrics two minutes before he tracked it. Ah, okay. It was a, This was a real last minute. Last um, minute Larry. Last minute Larry, yeah. Interestingly, when I was, I was listening to this album like quite a lot recently for this, and I'd find myself all day singing the hook from this chorus more than anything else on the album for some yeah. reason. I don't know why, but it's just that ah, it just stuck in my head. I, just... I love the the idea that he had his little rhyming dictionary open and was going plain, complain, plain, complain. That's that's a great <laughs> do image. You, do you think he did? No, I don't. But <laughs> I'd like the idea that he did. Um I actually I, sorry, come no, on. no no I, I was gonna say I actually really like the um the chorus the the verses in this mm-hmm. compared to the chorus. Yeah. I think the 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 flow of the verse, the melody and the harmonies, I yeah, I think 
prefer it to the chorus. In this song, I can hear the, talking about that influence thing again. In this song, I just hear influence on other people, and some of, some of the cool little influences I hear. I think this sounds like Weezer. I think this song is yeah. just for me. It's it's Weezer. I'm not uh, no disservice to Weezer. They were amazing, obviously, but um, I can really hear they they took something from this song, especially. Or it sounds like they have. And the bridge, I can hear um, Soundgarden or Chris Cornell, especially. Mm-hmm. It's almost sounds like Chris Cornell. Yeah. In a great way. And, do you know, I reckon the coolest thing that I know, th- which is stupid, but I, I hear it in the chorus, there's a inverted power chord in the chorus, isn't there? You know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. No, you don't. You're, Brett, Brett, uh, wake up. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> what, I know what that means. Um, where it goes, what, hang on, hang on. Oh, no. I've got a guitar. We've, we've got to track 11 and he, oh. It's a record. It goes to that. Then it goes to this. With dropped over that, so you got a different note in the bass. Can yeah, different it? bass note. Yeah, reminds me of Nickelback. Oh, I just yeah. Well, I, I love how it. you remind me has that in it. I bet that's where it came from. I, like, I think I like Nickelback that. were probably very heavily influenced by Nirvana as well. Yeah, I just thought I bet no one else can get the word Nickelback into talking about. No, so there we go. this was I've a cool it. podcast until that word came up. I know, but <laughs> I've got a fiver off my mate for doing it. <laughs> I love the bridge in this. I love the I love the the way that he moves to the toms. But the the coolest thing about this song is that little, probably two beats of of a bar of bass yeah. that comes out of the bridge. It's yeah, just yeah. a little silence. It's that yeah, the, the bass keeps going, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's brilliant. It's just so clever. You yeah, just, uh, that that's one of the most memorable parts of the. I was going to say the album, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's certainly, it's the song. Yeah, no, it's um, that is a great moment. Shall we move on? Shall we move on? We shall move on. Um, track 12, Something in the Way. Which is really the last track, isn't it? Well, you know it, it, yes, it is, it's kind of the formal last track, isn't it? Yes. How many songs are on this album, Brett? Well, 12 and a, <laughs> and a secret 13. <laughs> um, we may or may not have recorded another podcast before this where there may have been a bit of a... And we're still having an argument about it. <laughs> and if we haven't recorded it yet and it happens afterwards, then I've seen the future. <laughs> That makes yes. no sense, does it? <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Run, Ronnie! Sorry. <laughs> um, great this, this, this was famously recorded, wasn't it, with him? He, he recorded his vocals lying on a couch um, in the control room of the studio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, which it's, I love the vocal sound in, the, in this song. Yeah. It's so close and intimate, and it's just... If you listen to it with headphones on, I don't know how you guys... You yeah, know, I listen, did with this, yeah. Yeah, this song in particular just—it's like he's in your head. And Ooh. how simple is the the, the um, arrangement and the instrumentation? It's just yeah, and the lyrics is, simple. It's unusually the verse and the chorus are both repeated. Just re- re- yeah, both it's the same sections thing twice, are repeated. Isn't it? Yeah, which is really. But it, it, the whole thing, and I think with that closeness and kind of in your head feel of the of the um, vocal sound, it just adds to the atmosphere of the song. Yeah, it's like it, it makes it's just yeah, it's just great. It's yeah. really really cool. And talking about um, lasting sort of influence from that, can you hear um, Anthony Kiedis in the Quiet Moments of the Chiefs? Not just because it says um, underneath the bridge. Or I thought you were going to say, can I hear Anthony Kiedis in this? Yeah, yeah. No, apparently not... he was there. He was there in the in the control room. You just was yeah. he? No, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> no, I mean in his vocal sound when Anthony Kiedis is doing those quieter sort of ballady Chili Pepper moments. Can you yeah. hear that? No, yeah. I can. I can't hear him in the room. I don't know whether he was in the room or not. Probably not. Right to us. It'd be a coincidence know. if he was, yeah. now, wouldn't it? If you're there, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, 
Were you in the in the control room <laughs> yeah. while Kurt was lying <laughs> on the sofa? Yeah. Um, is is it in my ears, Rick, or is the acoustic guitar very slightly out of tune? Probably. I it's yeah, funny. Just, I don't. Re- yeah. It just doesn't sound quite. So yeah. the, so the vocal was recorded separate to the guitar. He didn't. He, didn't, he wasn't laid there with the guitar and singing. Well, I don't know. Maybe that might answer the question. We need we need we need Anthony Keyless to answer these <laughs> yeah, questions because yeah, he was there allegedly, according to Rick. Yeah. Where is he when you need him? Just, <laughs> I get the impression he's always like this. Um, yeah, and the, the cello line, um, yeah. I think is beautiful. And that, for me, reminded me, a li- it was quite Beatles-y. Yeah, I bet that's the way they got him to put strings in it, by saying, um, yeah, John come Lennon on, Kurt, it. the Beatles did it. Oh, all right, yeah. all right. Yeah, it's, it's a really great end to an album, but it's yeah. quite sort of unnerving, isn't it? Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on what this might be about, Rick? Um, I, I don't know. But I imagine it's. I, you never know what they're really about, do you? And and everything. And that's an interesting point about his lyrics and the whole album. He didn't always say the same thing in explaining them. Yeah. Which is a common thing to do with writers, isn't it? I like yeah. the idea of giving a different story every time you're asked. But um, I I think it's imagining being homeless and losing everything isn't it and just yeah. living on the street that's that's what i got from it and he he did he was homeless wasn't he for a time um which i think i read in the dave grohl book we've done a lot of advertising for the dave grohl book we have everyone yeah. should go out and buy a copy of that because it's um it's yeah i think yeah when i when i speak to dave next i'll um, yeah. say you know <laughs> cut, cut us in on well, maybe we could get him to get anthony kiedis to get get in touch maybe maybe there'll be a quote on the back from us the book when you pick it up the cover <laughs> the dust cover will have um yeah i'd love to meet dave grohl <laughs> is he i is think i'd have one of those moments of territorial pissings oh. <laughs> 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 i think i'll just <laughs> you put me on him <laughs> so he smells like you oh he smells like urine spirit <laughs> oh. Oh, no. oh no i don't think i'll be able to control myself oh can you <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine it in the bookstore? Stand behind his kit. What's this guy doing? <laughs> oh. oh no! Oh, Brett. I do love Dave Grohl. Oh, so- <laughs> well, you've kind of lightened the mood from what what was quite. A I was, kind of yeah, it's getting quite dark. Somber, there, yeah. I-, I love you. Can I piss on you? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So let's let's just wrap this up quick because. Uh, I think Brett's going to need a wee soon. Uh, <laughs> this is track 13, Endless Nameless, um, which, just a little fun fact for you, this wasn't on the initial pressing of the album because the guy that did the mastering, uh, you know, he obviously they had a, a date to master it. He was in there doing it, doing the work. Butch Vig w- was due to attend, um, as were Nirvana or Kurt Cobain. And when they arrived, he'd kind of finished. Mm. And, you know, that was it kind of done the job they had listened sent it to the record company they did 30,000 35,000 copies or something the initial run and he didn't put this song on it really no way why just didn't because of the gap no he forgot oh just yeah apparently he he um he remembered seeing a note that he had this this song that had to go on there you know they wanted it on as a as a kind of bonus track but he he didn't do it and uh yeah I think there was a little bit of telling off and then so the first initial press of, of this album doesn't have this track on it no way oh that's an interesting yeah so and they're probably worth a bit of money aren't they mm. um those original i didn't know what to make run. of this song to be fair it's very well, much out of my 
I kind of, you know, I, I had this on in the car and I remember there being a bonus track, so I zipped forward because it's like 10 minutes of silence, isn't there? Is it that long? Are you, in, yeah. are you on the CDs in the car, are you? You're yeah. not on Spotify? Or no, I'm on the CD. Or other streaming I, I like to listen to it how it was originally intended. Oh, on nice. the CD, yeah. yeah. You've got a cassette player in your car? No. Yeah. Um, it's but, me- the metal influence, going back to the Slayer thing, though, you can hear a little bit of that in the delivery with this and that, that yeah, kind of it punky, just, punky metal. It's just it? like a punk jam, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just quite ferocious, and there's a lot of kind of experimental noise with the guitar. And do you think it was important for him to put that on there to kind of ground it, to ground it, and just to sort of say, "Yeah, I've done some more melodic stuff here, and I've done this, but this is my punk sensibilities." We're still, you know, we're still a jammy, yeah, hardcore punk band. At and maybe that's why it was kind of on last as well, because it's like that's what I want you to yeah. remember from the album, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. It's um. Great, great album. Brilliant, brilliant album. Um, favorite track. You, I was just going to say, do you have a favorite track? I shall I go first. I'm yeah. going to go with um, "In Bloom." I think. Mm, interesting. Not interesting. just because of the harmony. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. But I just think it sums it up quite well. And to be fair, I may have heard "Smells Like Teen Spirit," "Come as You Are," and "Lithium" quite a lot. And Possibly. I think. In Bloom, it's not fresh by any means, but for me as a listener, but it's still, yeah, that's my that's my song. What about you, Brett? I think I'd have to go for Smells Like Teen Spirit just because it is that song, isn't it? And I've, I think it's just there's so many things that influence so many young bands and musicians, you know, starting their journey that this song is probably in everyone's life. So in a different um, way that Rick explained, I think it has been overplayed. But oh, it's I'm still... not saying it's overplayed. It's deservedly so. This yes. And- this has got like 1.5 billion streams on Spotify. Well, there we go. Song. Amazing. I just love so everything. Just, love it's just everything. Pip Dars then. <laughs> <laughs> um, smells like Teen Spirit and Come As You Are. They, you can't deny how iconic, well, all the songs are, but the riffs from those and the the how they've become, we talked about this the other day, how they've become kind of um, Smoke on the Water or Purple Haze or I can't think of riffs, famous riffs quick enough now, can I? Um and yeah. the Sandman, Sweet Child of Mine. They, yeah, they're, they're both there as well in a totally different way. But yeah, mm. yeah, really, really yep. cool. What about you, Jody? Uh, my favourite track would probably be uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit or In Bloom or Come As You Are, Come and you Breed or Lithium. You told me how to decide one uh, day. I, 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 love, I, I love the whole album, really, if I'm honest with you. Um, if I had to pick one, I would possibly go for In Bloom. But if you asked me in half an hour, I would go for lithium okay and it's yeah it's one of those for me I, it's hard to pin it down to one song well we're going to stop there so we won't ask you in half an hour so we'll okay. have to go with what was it this half hour in yes Bloom. you can write write in and ask me and i'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, questions on a postcard yeah. <laughs> i do need that. to go soon because i need to go to the toilet <laughs> and i'm not even joking Look out, You're Dave. not looking at a picture of Dave, are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no. no, I'm not. I do genuinely. Oh, I'm going to put a poster up of Dave Grohl in there and see what happens. Uh, <laughs> right. Wet stool again. <laughs> oh, God. Right. And we better finish there. Thanks for listening. Please check out our band, Damn the Wolves. Find us at damnthewolves.com and please follow us on all the usual socials. 